Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, so welcome. We're thrilled that you guys are here. We're continuing actually finishing this series today called Best Year Yet. And we've been talking through what it looks like to have a great year. And the typical thing that we do with, with a new year is that we talk about things that we want to improve, right? Like I want to lose weight or I want to get in shape or I want to uh, work more. I want to work less. Uh, there, there are all kinds of things that we try to do. Um, and, it's, and it's not bad to work on yourself. That's, that, that, that tends to be what we do in a, in a new year. Um, but there's a question that I wanna ask you today. And this question cuts through um, all, all of that to get to us to a place where, where it actually might be your best year yet. Because, because what I wanna say is this, even though we, we wanna improve ourselves and th- those things are all well and good, that might not be actually what gets you to your best year yet. Just working on yourself might not be what gets you to your best year yet. And this question that I wanna ask you is a question that will help you focus on things beyond yourself. It'll help you focus on some, some things that are, that are past you. And, and so I wanna give you this, and I, and, and I really think that it's gonna help you have a life-changing year. Now, we've, we've said in this series all along, I've given you a word each week, and Ethan gave you one last week. He did a great job last week, by the way, uh, uh, with, with his message serving uh, this church, and just grateful for him and his, his communication gift. Um, but what we've said is this, that there's a, uh, these four words that we wanna give you, and they actually make up four words in, uh, if you really wanna know, in a strategy that we have here at church. We talk about how, what does it look like to be a church where we help people find and follow Jesus. And, and if you want to join in with us on that, then we want to invite you into these four words. And one of those words is uh, the word invest. And we can go ahead and throw this graphic up here, Greg. Um, or Declan, actually. Declan, my man, Declan is there running slides today. I know. <laughs> he just gave a wave. He's awesome. Um, so we've said this. We've said uh, we want to invest in people around us. We want to invest and, and just care and love for people well. Uh, around us. And, and those are all the people that are in your life that, that, that are there, that God has put in your path. It might be your neighbor. It might be your, the kid who sits beside you at school or on the bus. It might be your coworker. We want to just invest in, and love people well. And then when we uh, have a moment to, of opportunity, we want to extend an invitation. That invitation could be, hey, come to Love Lake Norman. Come spend time with me on a Sunday morning. Uh, and, and what we do here, just so you know, this is an insider language. I know if you're here and you're new, we're so glad you're here and you get a glimpse on the inside a little bit here with what I'm about to say. What we do here is we want to partner with you to create a place where you can invite your friend. We want this to be a comfortable place for them to come and to hear about Jesus. And so we've tried to take away some of the barriers that, that they might feel and they might sense in that. We want this to be a partnership. So, so we all want to invest in people around us and make an invitation. And then we want to grow, as Ethan said last week, we want to spend time uh, growing. Like, like we just believe we're, we're made to grow. You're built to grow. And, and that's a never ending journey while we're here. And so there are opportunities for you to grow here where, when it comes to crews and serving teams and places where you can jump in and take a next step. And this, this last word I want to talk about today is the word go. What do we do when we put this all together? What does it look like for me to take my gifts, my strengths, my abilities, and apply them to 
um, to, to my world. And so uh, when I was in fifth grade, I was a very shy kid in, in fifth grade. I was an introvert. I still am an introvert, but I was, a, uh, where are my introverts? You're not even going to raise your hand. I didn't realize that. Um, <clears throat> um, but I, I, was a, I was a shy kid. But I, I, so I, I surprised my parents and my friends when I tried out for this musical in fifth grade. I'd never been in a musical before, but uh, for some reason I just did. I don't, I don't exactly remember why. But I went in, and I'm just going to tell you guys, um, I nailed the audition. Like, I nailed it. Okay, I still remember what I sang. Uh, the, the musical was um, The Music Man, this musical called The Music Man, and uh, our, our fifth grade, our, our, our elementary uh, school was going to do this as a production. And I went in and sang uh, 76 trombones, and um, I, I, I nailed it, and they gave me the lead part. And uh, I was just, I, I, I was shocked, really. But they gave me the lead part. So I was in this musical, we learned all these lines, and I got to do these rehearsals, and then uh, we did these performances. And, and I was, I'm just saying, I was the star of the show. I mean, there were other kids that were pretty good, but I really was the star of the show. Like, I was, I was the key character. I was a guy named Professor Harold Hill, and I was in, like, almost every scene, and, and I was the star of, of that show. And... I was thinking about that this week because I, I feel like sometimes we think life is like that, like, or at least it should be. Where, where isn't life supposed to be like I'm the star of the show, you know, like, like I'm the guy, I'm the man, I'm the woman, like I'm, I'm the one who it's about. The spotlight should shine on me. Isn't that what we feel sometimes like? Um, like, like life is about. Um, Rick Warren, who wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life, which sold about 80 zillion copies, so you may have one sitting on your bookshelf. He said the very first line in his book says this. It's not about you. It's not about you. What if life actually isn't about you alone? See, we, we, we tend to think of life like this, right? Like, like, um, like this is, oh, you're going to be subjected to my drawing. Uh, this is me, you know, starting out life. And, and life is just about like this series of, um, you know, series of, 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 of paychecks to my bank account and, and, and cars, <laughs> cars that I buy. You come do it, <laughs> please. <laughs> Houses, you know, boats. I'm not even gonna try and draw a boat. And and the and the idea, the idea is that, you know, it's just it, it leads to just um, me, b- bigger, with a with a cape on, you know, like. Um, that's life. Is that life, right? Like, is, it, is this what it's about? Is this just me going through life and doing all the things I want to do and being super successful, and then I get to this point where it's just me, but better? Rick Warren, though, said, it's not about you. It's not about you. Um, the problem is this. When you come to this idea of, well, I'm just going to improve me, right? Like whether it's in the year 2024, whether it's in my, my entire life. The problem is this, that, that when I talk to people, 
who are, and I talk to people like this pretty regularly who are really successful as the world defines success. Almost every one of them will look at me and go, but that was not where I found my meaning. That was not where I found my purpose. I thought it was gonna be, but it wasn't. It wasn't. So um, I wanna give you a better question today, and it's not the question, how do I improve myself? It's not how do I uh, look, look better or, or lose more weight or get in better shape or work harder. The question takes you to a different place, and the question is actually this. What does love require? What does love require of me? This is a better question. It's a harder question. It's a Jesus-oriented question. Um, and, and, and I gotta tell you this, like if you choose to answer that question, there's a warning that comes with that question, okay? Like, like, like there's a warning that comes with that question. If you choose to answer it, it will demand something of you. It'll demand something of you. Of me. If you choose to answer that question, it will demand something of you. When you choose to love like Jesus, something will be asked of you. Something will be asked of me because love isn't just a feeling. We, we, we really like to talk about love like it's a feeling, like it's an emotion, but ultimately it's an action. It's a verb, okay? Love should be a verb and, and, and it will demand something of you if you ask and answer this question, but I think that your best year yet and my best year yet demands that we ask and answer this question. If you want to have the best year yet, you and I have to ask and answer this question, and I think ask and answer it over and over and over again. Um, I think the Apostle Paul was asking this question one day as he was writing to, uh, to Christians in, in, in Rome who had been experiencing all kinds of things, all kinds of persecution, all kinds of challenge when it came to following Jesus. And, and he was thinking about this as he wrote them. And he was maybe also thinking that, gosh, there was a day in, in my life, Paul maybe reflected on this, there was a day in his life where he was in complete opposition, opposition to Jesus. There was a day where he lived in opposition to Jesus where he lived with his arm out to Jesus. And in fact, not only in opposition, he, he was persecuting Christians. He was having them, having them killed. But one day he, um, he completely changed. One day that completely turned around in an instant. And you can read that story at some point in the book of Acts, how, how, how Paul gets confronted by Jesus and, and how he comes to begin to serve him instead of um, be his opponent but, but the one who, who was the biggest opponent of the church became its biggest fan that day. And I think maybe he was thinking about this question as he wrote this passage in Romans, it's from chapter 12, um, as he wrote this passage to the Christians that he was writing to. I, I think he was thinking, what does this kind of faith require of us? What does this love require of us. This is a different kind of love. This is not love like we're, we're used to. This is not um, just conditional love where if you love me, then I love you, or it's not just some emotion. Jesus showed, showed us a new way of love. What is that about, and, and what does that mean for me? And so he, he wrote these words that I want to share with you this morning. It's from Romans chapter 12, and, and the first verse starts like this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, so, 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 so think about his mercy, think about what he's done, think about the cross in view of that. Here's what I wanna urge you to do, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, I think Paul, in this passage, he was reflecting back on their sacrificial system like the Jewish sacrificial 
system of the past that Moses had, had instituted. And, and the, part of that was this a grain sacrifice, like they would, they would, they would offer, offer grain. They would have to give a portion of the grain that they had uh, farmed and, and give that back to God. And then there was, a, uh, as you probably know, there was like the, the animal sacrifice that, they, would, that they, would, they had instituted. And that was for sin. That was this idea that, that, um, that, that it's blood that makes atonement for the soul. And so something had to be sacrificed. And, and so that covered, would cover them, but just for a brief amount of time, so it would have to happen over and over and over again. But, but in the book of Leviticus, actually, it says it's, it's blood that um, makes atonement for the soul. And so he's reflecting on that, and he's going, hey, um, Jesus' blood was shed once for all. His blood was shed for us once for all. So none of that applies to us anymore. Not that sacrificial system. He says, like, like, since Jesus did this, what is our proper response? What's our proper response? And, and, and Paul said basically this. He said, our proper response is this. Be willing to give. Like, be willing to, um, to give. In view of God's mercy, in view of his love on the cross, be willing to give. Because basically what happened was this. God jumped in front of a speeding bus for you and pushed you out of the way. God jumped in front of a speeding bus for me and, and, and he got hit instead. And when you understand that kind of love, that, that that's why he did it for you, was out of love, then this begins to make sense. Be willing to give. But, but that starts with this. It starts with me saying, hey, I'm going to take all of me and I'm going to lay myself at your feet. I'm going to take all of me and, and, and lay me at your feet. So God, whatever you want to do with all of this, you do. And if I need to change something, help me change. If I need to add something or, or, or stop something in my life, tell me. But here I am. Here I am. It's a living, a living sacrifice a living offering to you. And then he goes on, he says in verse two, uh, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says this, the next thing to do is to ask God to renew your mind. And I don't know if you need that, but I do. Ask God to renew your mind. In other words, be willing to think differently. How do you do that? Like, how do you do that? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of ways we could dig into that, but one of them is simply this. Um, ask God. Like, God, would you begin to renew my mind? Would you begin to change the way that I think? Another way is, is simply to um, begin to let God's word ingest itself into your life and into your heart. Begin to memorize scripture. Um, be willing to think differently because those are the things like, that, that allow you to retrain yourself to think like Jesus, and it leads us to knowing what God wants us to do. It leads us to knowing what God wants us to do and knowing his purpose and his plan for you. Like if you want to discover his purpose, we got to begin to think differently. And he says in that passage, that's going to lead to discovering his plans for you and for me. Be willing to think differently. And then he goes on and he says this in verse 3. He says, um, for, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, um, and here's another warning, Right? Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. In other words, you're gonna be tempted in all of this to do this. 
You're going to be tempted to put yourself on a pedestal. Don't do it. He said, be realistic. Have sober judgment about yourself. And, and, and then he comes back and he says this in verse four through six. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't have all the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And so he, he, he goes in and then he says, hey, all, that, that means that all of us have different gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So every one of you, if you know Christ, you've been given a gift. You've been given at least one spiritual gift. That's what the, the, the scriptures would say. You've been given a gift. And that gift is not to be held on its own. It's not to be a gift that you leave under the Christmas tree and never open it because you never do that with your Christmas presents, right? Like you open them. The gift that you've been given is required to be opened and utilized so that other people around you can experience God's grace through you. Through, through, through you. And so he says, he says this, um, the, the, here's some of the gifts he starts to list. It's not an exhaustive list, but he just says, here's some of the gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy, like then do it <clears throat> in accordance with your faith. He says, um, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then te do it, like teach. He says, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, and give generously. If it's um, to lead, then, then do it diligently. Like do it faithfully, he, he, he says. If it's to show mercy, then, then I want you to do it like, like cheerfully. And he says love, that, that, that kind of love, it's got to be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is, is good. Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above your, your, yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. And so what, he, what he's really saying is, be, would you just be willing to do something for somebody else? Be willing to do something for someone else. Because, um, where did I put my pens? Uh, this is what we tend to think life looks like, right? But... Um, could I share with you like the reality that he's inviting us into? It doesn't start with me. It starts with him. And from him, then it actually does come to me. I'm going to smile there. It does come to me. That, that, that he is, um, by the cross, starting with the cross, inviting me into this life of, of sacrificing myself, of laying myself down, so that then other people are impacted. And his mysterious, amazing, great gift is that he wants to use me to impact them. Like he wants to use you to impact people around you. But in order for that to happen, you gotta answer this question. What does love require? What does love require of me? 
What is it gonna ask me to do? What will it ask me to sacrifice? What will love require of me? Because um, this is a picture of what it looks like for me to not only live my best life this year or have, have my best year yet or whatever, but this is a picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus and to continually surrender myself over and over and over to him. So um, it's really the question that I was thinking about with my fifth grade class, right? Like, is life supposed to be this, this, this one-man play that is just about me where I'm the star and I get the spotlight and it all kind of falls to me and it's all about me and there's going to come a day where the curtain closes and that light shuts off and that's it. Is that, is that really what it is? Or is it something else? Is it that I'm not the star? I, I, I'm not the one who's created for the spotlight. The spotlight is for him. The spotlight is his. And I'm the one who's to just come alongside and be maybe just a, a role player, right, on the stage that he's invited me onto to tell his story, not my own. His story with like the capital S. Not my little story where I'm the star. So, um, but before we finish today, like before we conclude this series and, and, and move on, um, we just think it's important for us to stop and, and pause and say, hey, um, where are you when it comes to, to this, right? Like, 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 where are you? And um, where am I, right? And, 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 and I want to just say this, like if, if you... Um, have not yet said yes to Jesus. Like if you've not yet said, hey, that's me. Like I want to have a relationship with him. If you've not yet said, hey, I I want to respond to his grace. I want to lay my my, my life down. And I've never done that because I've been running and I've been trying to build the other thing on the other side of that whiteboard. That's been my life. We want to give you an opportunity to start fresh. There's always a chance to start fresh with Jesus. There's, there's always another chance. There's always another opportunity. So um, my, my invitation to you today is that if you are at a place where you're saying, yes, that's what I want, I want to invite you to, to, to do that today. I want to invite you to, to say yes. I want to invite you to, to, um, to receive that. Uh, in John 1 verse 12, he basically says, to all who call on his name, to all who call on his name, to those who have received him and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What does that ask of us? What does that kind of love require of us? To simply call on his name, right? To call on his name. Um, I'm gonna invite you in a, in a prayer, and it's not a magical prayer, but I'm gonna invite you in a prayer today with me to call on his name. Um, I'm going to invite you to respond to him. Like if you feel like he's, that's what he's doing in my life, in my heart right now. I want to invite you to respond to him today in these moments here, okay? Would you, um, would you pray with me? Just pray with me. Father, you do say that to, to everyone who um, calls on your name, that you've given us the right to become children of, of God. So right now, on behalf of of my friends here who have not yet said yes to you, 
Let me give these words um, to, to them. Today, Jesus, I say yes. Today, I receive what you've done for me on the cross. Today, um, I believe in your name. I believe that you died for me, that you jumped in front of a speeding bus for me out of your love. And so today, God, I surrender my life and my heart to you. I want a new start. I want forgiveness. I want your presence in my life. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.